0: I just didn't get to it until today. Were <laughs>
1: so, you really trying to rhyme just now? <laughs> I don't
0: know what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to have a conversation about conversations. Well, this is episode 18, and I know that because I tried to enter in 17, and it kept saying, you already have one. And I said, no, I don't. And yes, I do. I was, and I was <laughs> okay. back and forth with my computer, until eventually I looked it up, and this is episode 18. So even with some skips and some jumbles, we have 18. And um, that's okay. We're doing pretty good. And... We're going to talk about stuff that's kind of in the news and a little bit about life that's going on. This was a terrible weekend. This is the first time, I think, in the history of mass violence in our country, our culture, um, that we had two events within hours of each other. Mm-hmm. And I didn't a 24 hear until, setting. Or and I didn't hear until, um, I think, yesterday that the uh, second shooter liked um, the social media comments or something from the first shooter situation, so they they didn't plan to connect, but it you know was there was some notice that he noticed and commented on it or something like that. I if. I didn't follow up just that. Yeah. I just know that that was there. But what so it's a little bit about fear, terror, as it were. I want to talk a little bit about today, and also uh, shortly after there was somebody's motorcycle backfired in Times Square, causing everyone to. Some people to start a panic and clear out Times Square in New York City. And then again, somewhere else, a mall sign fell down and caused a similar panic where people ran across. So if we, as Americans, have never lived in a um, culture where truly terrorism or the effect of what terrorism actually does to a culture has ever been experienced, it seems like after this particular weekend, because two events happened so close together, um, we are currently um, have at least a culture that's, heard enough and had hyped enough and had pressed enough on the problem that that everyone's Mm -hmm. kind of on edge there's a bit of panic in the air and um as far as the subject matter of not just terrorism but fear and depression um i think it's Mm -hmm. a worthwhile conversation to just kind of visit a little bit about um you know what was what's going on inside of people like the ones who commit crimes like this what's what could lead to that and then maybe even You know, what causes people to do crazy things like this? Mm -hmm. And then what do we do when we live in a world full of crazy people?
1: Yeah, and I wonder how the younger generations are affected by it. Like you and I maybe think and dwell a little bit on how do we encourage people through these times. But I wonder about younger generations kind of seem to... I don't know. They ignore things a little bit easier, although they're the ones on social media and all that. So it's right in their face. But they tend to not it doesn't tend to be real to them, I don't think, until it comes into their their world or their circle, you know. So I mean, and I guess we're all kind of that way. In other words, I try not to dwell on being afraid of something like that unless it's hits close to home and then you kind of So, I mean, I'm thinking New York, they've been attacked a couple different times. So, therefore, they probably are kind of on edge anyway. New York, I mean, several different times.
0: Yeah, definitely 9 11 in their history. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and Marathon, the Boston Marathon. Oh, I'm thinking of just large city settings. Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. Well, when you're in a tighter thing like that, all it takes is one person freaking out and it comes yeah. off a mass panic. That's why well, you literally are not allowed to, you can be prosecuted for yelling fire in a crowded yeek, theater, yeah. house kind well, of Well, and
1: people are learning how to be on the alert, which I guess could be a good uh, ramification maybe as opposed to a negative one, but you know, to be on the alert's never wrong. It makes me think, we touched on that in one of our uh podcast, I don't remember which one, about the Y2K scare, it was kind of like people um, having it on their sites and panicking, going overboard. What are your initial thoughts you told me um, to consider what people are dwelling on? And and I think the um, the apt, and that's what I guess I was getting at, the apt in our society is to dwell on what is surface and to be kind of in this mode of just operating you know what's the normal thing i'm going to get up i'm going to go to work or school or i'm going to sit at the house and i'm going to do this or that or this or that Mm -hmm. i think people don't set their lives up considering what might happen today today i might not make it through the day or so and so i was thinking about this um i don't remember sometime maybe even this morning or yesterday about how it used to be, even in churches, it was a big deal to talk about that you might not make it home from whatever today or this or that person might not. Yeah. Being live in tune with your mortality was
0: kind of like a good idea. Yeah.
1: That think... used to be, I think, a little more on our on our thoughts. So maybe that's maybe that's what God's doing. Maybe he's bringing it a little bit more into our our um, realm of thought so that we don't get lackadaisical in our approach to life because I think what what happens when you're too comfortable is you get a little bit for lack of a better word lazy but you know you don't have quite the disciplines sometimes that it might take to get through a really traumatic time or a tragic time I'm I'm even thinking of people who have gone through severe trauma like you know being in a Prisoner of war camp, or a this, or that—just very stressful, hopeless situations. You know, you have you have to have a certain mentality, and you have to approach it a way to make it through. Those of us in comfortable settings don't have to do that. We kind of just take life for granted. And so, in the middle somewhere is hopefully where we would land uh majority of the time, but we don't. We usually angle one or the other, don't you think? And that's
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate what you're saying. I got hung up on one thing you said and I wanna just clarify real quick because I know I know what you intended to say and I don't think it was I wanna make sure nobody takes it wrong. When we say what God is doing, um, I wanna be real clear and I know you would too, is that we're not saying that God causes people to do evil things. We're saying that what is God doing in us in response to these things what, what is it that god can because the bible tells us that we um need to take um that he can take even the most terrible situation and and bring it to his benefit for the purposes of bringing us closer yes to him. i've I, always I, believed
1: though that he also could stop it he allows it I definitely uh, he allows think, evil in the world well, and yeah. evil has its place and god even says in order to bring us to repentance or whatever, somewhat he lets it go. So I think there's a, there's a certain amount of, uh, you know, control that he definitely has. He could stop it. He could set us into, you know, he could return and whatever he could make. That's the question I get all the time is why
0: doesn't God stop evil things from happening? Yeah. And, um, you know, the answer to that is straightforward. I, I don't know. Um, I do know that there's coming a time when, um, there will be a judge and a judgment and our mortality is, currently in our society it doesn't seem that our the fact that mortality um, is something we all face is enough to make us stop and think about the fact that there will become a time when we count for our lives we either have some aspects of our society that says you know death is just the end of this life and there is no other life therefore live for today for tomorrow you die kind of thing nothing's new in that that's been around for as long as human beings have walked the earth but also there's the more sane among us who realize that we were made for something greater I'm not saying that people are insane, just, I don't, I think they're denying some things that are just innately in us. I think we have yearnings within us all that help us understand that there's something greater than this life, which ultimately I think would, when we talk about fear, as, ultimately that that assuages fear, assuage, is that the right word? That helps to to, to fend off fear a little bit because we do know that there is something that we have a greater hope in. Um, without, I didn't mean to, I'm not saying that I want to get into a big theological well, discussion like about Well, like you God said, I believe 100% percent that God says he'd
1: use all things for the good of those who are called according to his purpose and whatever. So that's just what I meant is that yeah, anything anything that happens and there are also judgments. There are actual things that God brings, I believe, to bring judgments. Sure. So we don't know what those and versions of those. you're that's, right, he does not
0: spur I get a whole bunch of
1: someone too evil. I don't believe that I mean, but I know that there's evil in the world, and so right, and, that,
0: and that that's not been deterred. And the only reason I bring it up is because I get asked that a lot. That's that's a common question for me when I'm de- talking with strangers, and we get into the matter of of religion or spirituality or God. They they immediately want to either because they're deflecting it, or most often they genuinely want to know why is evil allowed in the world, and certain religions just kind of deny it, say it's a state of mind, and uh, we d- we face it head on and say that it's just, it's the result of a broken world that ultimately God will bring about. But the Bible also references the fact that God does allow or sometimes bring on terrible things or bad things um, that necessarily aren't moral evil, but um, in order right. to bring about a correction in the t- in the timeline, let's make it sound like a sci-fi film, bring about a correction in, in, in his people. And that's throughout Scripture. But does God infill a shooter that just runs into a mall or to a... Um, theater or whatever and cause this kind of evil. No, I, I don't think that that's something that um, that we need to, that, we're, that God does is what I'm saying. I'm saying that what we deal with in these kinds of things is the fact that there are people who have, because of whatever reasons, um, have become a threat to others and themselves. And they act upon that. And that's the reality. And so when we say that, you know, what is God doing? It's a matter of, you know, what can God do with broken people? What can God do when society demonstrates, in, in this case, some of the most horrible ways that we would understand it in our relatively safe society that we've enjoyed growing up in? Um, when something terrible happens, what is it that that can be redeemed from it? Um, that's I think that's just where my head gets stuck as I kind of mull over these things. I, because, I mean, that's the question everybody's asking. What good can come from this, you know? It's... The only thing that can come from that is that we, you know, at least one thing is that like we started out this with is that we become aware of our mortality again from the perspective of people that are on the um, surviving side of this, people who are mourning loss and and struggling. You know, what hope do they have? And, um, you know, I'm I'm prayerful that they have a hope that's greater than this life and that Jesus is that hope because that's what I have. It's the only thing that would help me to get through. I can't imagine not having any hope of anything beyond that. So anyway, that's my rambling on. Forgive me for sidetracking on that. I get hung up sometimes with my ADHD off topic. But so the question's too.
1: No, that's fine. Right, you were clarifying.
0: Uh, the first, the second question, the first question is, you know, what causes people to lose all sense of balance in the world and become the kind of people that might break free and, of sanity and do something terrible like that? Um, do you want to postulate any theories or thoughts on the matter?
1: Well, I I think there's a, like we just already said, there's a lot of different responses. Some people just literally go into kind of a depression of there's no reason to live, that's going to happen or whatever. So that's the one extreme. The other extreme is, like I just said, to ignore it and, and just kind of go on with life as if it never happened. And I don't know. I feel like somewhere in the middle is dealing with what's reality. And like you said, bringing our mortality into our f- forefront. Therefore, to me, setting our sights on what is necessarily—I I was thinking about this with our own kids—and to me, teaching them how to discipline their lives daily, whether they're facing difficulty or not, so that the times that they have difficulty, they know exactly what to do. It, we've talked about this in another podcast too. When you, when life is mundane and and normal, quote unquote, and doesn't have a lot of ups and downs, it, if you. St- if you can still approach it with a disciplined mindset of how should I approach this day? Well, this day is still the Lord's to, to me, you know, um, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So if we face that day as God's, no matter what, and, and no matter what he um, wants to do with that day or wants to lead us through everything, if we can f- put, put it back to him, then, it's, we're going to get the most out of that day anyway. So no matter if there's ups and downs in our lives, if we can treat each day that way, um, overall, it's going to make us a little bit more stable, I feel like, because it evens out those roads where we might have highs and lows. We, we'll we still go back to the same, you know, when I, when I have had difficult times, things that I didn't enjoy or things that, you know, Uh, phases in our lives that weren't quite the optimal I guess is the best way or stressful or they were whatever to still do my best to seek the Lord the Bible says seek him which just means to me sit down let you know read read the Bible make sure I'm kind of grounded and my heads on straight with what his ideas are and then also talk to him tell him my woes and my stress whether it be through literal prayer moments or writing it down in a journal of prayer kind of thing and then allowing him to talk back to me sitting quietly for however long to allow him to talk to me those are those are regular habits those are those are things that cause our minds to be where they ought to be no matter what's going on I guess what I'm trying to say is because there's not daily prayerfully anyway tragedy we're facing if we aren't approaching it as if we should be ready how will we be ready? I guess that's what I'm well, trying to say.
0: So, I mean, but <laughs> I hate to say it, it does. We do deal with it daily. We just don't have. Well, that's um, not an extreme. We don't see the saying. extremity that we did. Although this morning when there was a knife attack. Apparently a guy killed four people. Yeah, I just
1: want to plug that uh, we should probably ban all knives.
0: I know. it's The, the thing that, we, <laughs> that you're uh-huh. hinting at is we need to deal with the root problem. And if I understood what you were saying right um as best as I is that if there's not something to anchor to, then the result end result is there's a higher probability of instability that could lead to those kinds of IOMAX. Is that what in essence what I was hearing you kind of outline?
1: Well, I wasn't approaching it from I, I, I guess, are you saying if I'm going to commit a violent act or whatever? Well, I don't know, are you? I <laughs>
0: Maybe I need to be aware.
1: <laughs> I was thinking of from the other angle of how to deal with stress in the news or stress in the whatever, and I, it would be the same as if I was dealing with my own stress or okay, my own. that's why
0: I got a little confused because I was asking about the other thing. But okay. that's
1: okay. Uh, well, re-ask the question then. I guess I didn't understand. Now, I was, what, saying, what I was saying,
0: do you want to take a shot at dealing with what brings people to act in that violent manner? I was trying to.
1: What cause? okay. So I must not have.
0: Yeah, that's okay. I mean. Heard was, that. Sorry.
1: Um. Well, we can rewind. Um, It's okay.
0: We'll just, it's just a conversation. Well,
1: it's the same answer though. If you aren't, if you aren't stable, if you don't have a stability, which is where I was going with that, a foundation, like you said, something that gives you a steady look at life that causes you to keep coming back to the same place and understanding it from the same perspective, either the worldview or, or a, an understanding that causes you to be grounded in what's going to make you stable, quote unquote, because as a woman, our our daily lives are emotional and they're extreme and they're unpredictable, and the ways that we're going to—I um, don't know, even the ways we're going to respond to those we love that love us or don't love us or whatever—and the things we're going to face. Men, I always think of men facing stuff on the uh, road. You know, <laughs> so many of men I know just erupt that road kind of a road rage idea. Thankfully, most of the men I know, there's no way that they would think of getting outside of that car and going and shooting someone, you know, exactly, yeah. because they're so angry on the road. But there's some out there who would. Well, why is that? What makes a difference?
0: No, there's a number of documented cases where people got out and did harm to another person on the road. Yeah. They just caused, and there's been death. So, I mean, you know, I mean,
1: prayerfully, it's, to me, those those are rare and those type of people really aren't stable. They They literally don't have, they have something going on in them that causes a... Well,
0: I think, and this is a thing that I, what causes one to act violently, we 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 tend to use language like you know what would cause those people or the or that kind of person or that, you know, not even I I'm sitting here using that even asking the question right, and I think that you know there's something one of my um, professors in college said to me years and years ago, too many years ago, that um really just has always kind of defined the way I think and it's helped me to understand others, you know, is to say, don't think for a minute that that there's any sin that you're not capable of committing. Sure. And so that person who shot up in El Paso and that person who shot up the mall, those are human beings who were terribly broken people who acted in very, very evil way. So what do you do with that? Is it, is it, um,
1: well the reason I, and we're
0: all capable of maybe not, yeah, that particular act of terribleness but we could all do something terrible nonetheless right
1: i am um, that's why i use the word stable because i think i picture a literal um balance like that would be uh, um you know one of those old-fashioned ones where you put maybe a heavy lead piece on one side and it goes down and the other side goes up it's it's that balancing act that that we have to keep our minds where they ought to be. So that's what I was talking about, the disciplines. Yeah. But I have a quote, too, <laughs> from a movie. Um, you quote so, me. yeah. So Sirius Black says, <laughs> <laughs> there's good and bad in all of us. And the only thing that makes us different is the choices we make, which is true, too. I mean, it makes us lean one direction or the other. I and mean, you were talking about the other day, the um, podcast you listened to, The Bible Project, and how... If we could see it more like, uh, when that that the good and the bad in the world is is not as evil as we think, right? The, that that explain that a little bit because I kind of get it, but I don't think I listened to that particular
0: Wrong podcast. Tone. The idea about the difference between good and bad.
1: Yeah, versus but evil. versus yeah,
0: because evil has a moral value attached to it. So when we take a look at the scripture and. And we see, you know, God has the power, you know, or that uh, the tree of the knowledge of the fruit of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil right. is better translated as the as good and bad, bad things, good things, not a moral motivator, you know, something that's coming. From so, an like, evil, evil person. So, people do bad things, people do good things. They're bad things that happen in this world Sto- thunderstorms, tornadoes, earthquakes, so, natural disaster, or just happenstance because some accident happens. Bad things, just you know, bad decisions can lead to consequences. It's not necessarily morally evil in the sense that this is the stuff of a wicked devil. Well, I was
1: gonna say, so is. then there's God and the devil, and that would be literally good and evil, right? And then there's good and bad, which is more of a human. Evil, back and and I think
0: to me, my understanding, or evil in its truest sense is illustrated in the shooters. It's when one would seek to destroy life Taking rather life. than to bring yeah. life. That's that's the ultimate moral evil. Um, the dest- to destroy that which is created and highly valued, um, and life is the ultimate creation because it's the it's the fruit of love, and so the fruit of hate is going to be uh, death. And all the politics around that word, hate, right now. It's ridiculous. Um, you know, the, and that's the thing that I think the reason I wanted to talk about this a little bit today was, you know, what a, what a message is, are we listening to and what is it feeding in us? Mm-hmm. You know, when I have a, a neighbor just randomly tell me that, you know, life will get better if Donald Trump's not in office. You know, I've been alive through several presidents and life has been pretty even keel yeah. for me <laughs> because presidents haven't determined the value of my life, whether I'm for them mm-hmm. or not. Um, and so the fact that we're hearing messaging from the culture that is fueling, um, mm-hmm. you know, they keep saying also in politics right now, tone down the rhetoric, tone down the rhetoric. How about tune up the rhetoric? How about using words that bring life rather than words that bring hate? How about, or yeah. using words that bring life rather than words that, that, that
1: encourage hate death? Or, yeah. Encouraged. Why
0: would we ever talk about someone, especially someone we don't know, um, and say that that they're a terrible person, even if their words are a bit errant here and there, because there are people on in every walk of life who say stupid things and things right. that I would not say. Mm-hmm. They may be comfortable. I mean there's I mean, I had a coach in high school who said things I thought were terrible, <laughs> but it led his players to be motivated and he got things done. I would never you <laughs> you said to me today I needed to say certain things regarding sometimes to our children. And you're like, yeah, but you'll never say it that way because I don't talk certain ways. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm all I'm getting at is not that a firm word versus a softer word cannot both bring life. I'm just saying other people judging the way other people approach things isn't life-giving. It's, it's, no, it's definitely. not affirming. And we're all different. So
1: either. we can't make, yeah, we can't make the judgments. You, you get what I'm saying. I'm not saying that your criticism that. was
0: was poor. I'm saying that you were just observing how I'm different than someone else who might do something differently. But someone would look at me or someone might look at, or I might look at someone else who uses a harsher tone or tactic and say, well, that's evil. And we, people do that all the time. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's destructive because I'm tearing down that person just by judging what I don't fully understand about who they are. Yeah. Now there are definitely things that should not be said. You shouldn't walk up, but you can judge whether it's life giving or not. But uh, It's such a weird Speak life, not death. Yeah. If you want to be someone who's not afraid all the time, pay attention to life-giving things and ignore or dismiss death-giving messages. You know, so what what happened in the life of these shooters, in my opinion, is they listened to messages that promoted death, that promoted destruction. And not just destruction by destroying people around them. Jesus tells us that out of our heart, our mouth, our actions speak who we really are. And so our fruit comes from who we are on the inside. So these guys had died internally long before they ever started killing another person. They were long since dead. And so something had killed them before they struck out against another. And so what is it that people are listening to that's killing them? Now that flips to my second question for the rest of our time together as we talk for about another 20 minutes or so. I think it's on the same theme. How do we avoid becoming people who are hearing messages that reinforce and create panic and fear, so that when we hear a backfire in Times Square, our initial reaction isn't to duck and cover, but it's like to go, "Oh, a backfire!" Was that that was to assume first that something innocent before we we mm-hmm. have a set, absorbed enough cultural news because all we've heard for the last 72 hours has been, you know, someone's going to shoot you in a mall parking lot. Um, how do we? properly balance those messages that we're hearing from the culture recognizing real danger maybe sometimes but I, letting so go and funny. saying i'm gonna live my life freely even if i get shot today you know go ahead sorry. yes
1: except that it's so funny it's like a, a delicate delicate, delicate like we were talking about tension not really balance balance is a completely different thing to me but tension because there are safety protocols that we show um as just common sense kind of put in our lives and that would be things that are just alerts in our minds to situations we were talking to a friend who just came back from mexico and um she had uh had a situation where she was i think quite vulnerable with some um guys or men down there and i i would have perceived that completely different in fact i would have put probably extra measures, maybe even a little bit of a panic and thought, I don't want to be in this situation. I'll go over here because it didn't seem safe to me. She in her innocent view of it thought it was fine, knew that there was some lines being crossed just a little, so it made her a little uncomfortable, but she seemed safe. And then later on, um, it seemed as if the ones who I thought would have probably been a little bit more productive we're actually laughing about the situation so confused me because it would be right the opposite for me well that's what i'm saying we have our own perspectives yeah exactly but so there's that and then there's like you said just an overall kind of trust factor that i think some of us live with believing that god's in charge i the one thing In fact, i was thinking about this with my sister this morning she had us pray for her um kids that were driving on the road in, in the rain, and they're new drivers, you know, that kind of thing. And it was a little sure. bit scary for her. And I said, yeah, I would pray with her because that's I've been there. I've thought about that, you know, been that kind of fear. But then the thing that comes to my mind that's always brought me some peace is that um, God loves them more than I could even ever love them. So he, they're safer in his hands than really in my, what I would call, safe structures. I believe that. So therefore, I, I try to operate that way. I believe that even for my own life, if I happen to be in a a situation, you know, in a store, and I hear shots or whatever, I might instinctively duck or or recover, or I might react, but I might not either. I might, the first thought I had might just be that it's a backfire or whatever. I don't know, but I feel like I tend toward the trust factor as opposed to the panic. But I think it's just a little bit of maybe it's even habitual and in, in what we were trained in as parents, our, our parents. If we had um, military parents or parents who are a little more, uh, uh, maybe even like I'm thinking of um, who are in the uh, law enforcement, something like that, that they might be, help us teach us how to be more on the alert. Some, some family atmospheres, you know, that's just their approach. But, um, I don't know, because it's it, I think it depends on the type of person you are, but also, like you're saying, how we can dwell on what is good, what is positive, what is pleasant, what is, and to me, whose safety net you fall into. Because if it's, I believe that the Bible's really clear, too, if it's your time to die and God says your hours are mapped out, basically, then it's time to die, yeah. so... You know, if this is the situation, then I guess not be afraid of it. That's one of
0: the things that um, we talk about becoming aware of our own mortality. We kind of started this conversation with that. When you become aware of your own mortality, the thing about it is you become aware of your lack of understanding of what where you end is. From our perspective, from my perspective, we don't end we are in for a period of time we transfer currently (laughs) yeah we transfer we upload um for a period of time this particular situation this particular earth in which we dwell on that there's another earth just this time frame in in history we are um bound to flesh but we're larger than the the vessels that we are currently occupying and which is good to, to know i got a pretty large vessel though um but the uh that we're we're bigger than the time frame you know our 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 um, creation, who we are—a person, our soul. You know we're larger than life in that this life. We are God created us for eternity. Therefore, we are looking forward to a better—not a heavenly cloud with a heart, but an angel. You know attending to our every needs. Um, <laughs> we may get a few days of you know some nice relaxation and some I don't know. Um, but but another life, another a real another another expe- existence, another experience that um doesn't have dogs barking in the middle of your of your broadcast we have new neighbors so it's just suddenly we have new sounds that i was unaware of we'll see if it's problematic or not but um that make you know so i don't have road rage i currently have dog rage i just kind of want to <laughs> choke the dog be quiet you stupid animal anyway um the uh that was death speaking i shouldn't speak death oops. i should only speak life oops <laughs> i'm so stupid that was also i'm just spiraling out of control here help me <laughs> save me tanya um, where was I going before I ADHD'd off a cliff <laughs> um, we see this current reality as a piece of a larger picture yeah. so many others see this current reality as the whole and the result is A need to protect the whole that they see giving them a a tendency and and as a result that means that what we also see since this is a part of a larger then there's also a larger governor a larger person that is or or create a creator that That has and that we are but a piece (laughs) of that as well so our security lies in that whereas if there's only this and the only one we see is me in the midst of this, then we are our own gods, and we all know by nature of ourselves that we're not very good at this. Mm-hmm. We make pretty bad decisions along the way. Some of them are good. A lot of them are bad.
1: Well, and like you said, uh, the knowledge of the uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Is that me? Is, I wanted to go back to that for a little bit because I think... Yeah, I, we have, that's why Democrat versus Republican type things. We see things from such different perspectives. Who's to know what is, quote, good or bad? And the mixture of it all is somewhere in the middle. God is, you know, kind of weaving it all together as, yes, you're seeing a part of it, but you're missing the other part. And yes, you're yeah, seeing a part of it, some but of them you're missing the other good, part.
0: <laughs> there's godly things in every aspect of life. I think we have... At some point in every aspect of political or whatever, there's a sense of well, that's the right idea, <laughs> you know, and that's kind <laughs> of where yeah, it's at. Um, picture. Yeah, so.
1: I, I feel like that we definitely can't grasp even what our lives should be here. So like you're saying, I think the best we have is to see that we. Um, well. Once we have the foundation of knowing that we have eternity to face, then we should at least try to give that away. We were talking about depression a while ago, too, and, and speaking life to others. And so our goals should be more about how we can lift someone else up, how we can not tear them down, how we can make sure that we are adding value to someone else, yeah, not Buddhist just demanding monk. it ourselves.
0: Who sat in the back of my car the other day said to me, "We should be people who are giving off a really positive energy." <laughs> mm-hmm. And he said he loved talking to me because it was as such as... a positive energy. And I felt somehow or another that I'd just been blessed by Buddha, oh, even
1: though okay. I don't think he's
0: alive. <laughs> Buddha's not here with us anymore. No. <laughs> anyway, sure I, it, was, it was an interesting conversation. It was, a, but but that the idea was sincere and captured a whole of the fact that in our conversation we were both talking about how. We as human beings, where we, for what space we occupy on planet Earth, should be the kind of people who bring life and hope into the people around us. Mm-hmm. If it is not plausible for me to think that a human being who does not, who sees and understands that this existence is beginning, end, and all the, and the end all, can breathe hope into someone, because what hope does he have to breathe? <laughs> the world is falling apart. It's doing it not because of some divine intervention that's saying, I'm going to destroy the world. The divine intervention at this point has said, you know what, I'm gonna step back from the scene because you said you wanted to run it. And if you look at human beings everywhere all day long, God, um, however you want to call him, the gentleman has said, okay guys, if you want to handle this, I'm gonna let you handle it, but let's see how you do. And until such time, as um, he so deems to step back in and say, okay, you guys have mucked this up pretty bad. Mm-hmm. So here's the answer. And for those of us who follow Jesus, we believe that's what he did. He stepped in and said, you know what, Jesus is going to take the penalty for everything that um, is, is messed up. And um, for, hope, for you guys to have hope in a broken world, you're going to need to accept the invitation that he has for you. And that's what you and I live for, is to help people understand that gift that's been given. And the fact that he is not going to leave the world a mess that there's going to come a day when he returns and sets right that which is broken in the meantime he's given us the commission to help other people find the hope that we have and the holy I spirit to I, remind I just,
1: us of that hope because i think sometimes yeah, it's hard for us to the hope holy spirit our community
0: kind of things... the people who share our common goals uh, you know our relationship with god on top of the fact that he's given us one another to help sometimes when we get foggy and just trying to communicate with God ourselves because I think that's the beautiful thing. He didn't leave us on his own. Jesus said, I'll give you another comforter. So Mm -hmm. we actually have the capacity because let me rephrase. We have been given the capacity. We don't have the capacity. We've been given the capacity because of God to open a channel of communication with eternity, God himself, and the wisdom of God that can now come to us so that we can interpret how to walk through a painful, difficult life. Jesus told us we'd have a lot of suffering in this world. So here it is um mm-hmm. and the fact that we have the access to that and then when we get confused in it ourselves because sometimes suffering is just overwhelming and it's hard to hear the voices in the, the voice that god's trying to speak to you and he's given us a community of other believers to help encourage us in our difficult times how can anyone live without that i mean if you mm-hmm. are all there is in the universe i don't know why you haven't shot somebody already <laughs> i mean i don't i mean at least yourself i mean that when you talk about depression and and hopelessness and i and i, I want to pause Brief, brief parenthetical. There's a chemical aspect to depression. Some people truly have these things going on because their bodies are broken. In parentheses. But as a whole, if Jesus is in our hope, even medication can't help you with that. If you don't have something that is greater to believe in and to hope for, why? Why? Why would life be even desirable for anybody? I mean, that's just, that's where I wind up. I know that's very... Preachery. And <laughs> uh-huh. But, you know, what can one say? That's kind of what I am.
1: Well, I think the thing I've noticed recently, the created in the image of God, for some reason people that... But you... People that can keep going, they have that because God has given them that, just the hope that they don't even understand it. So yeah. they keep... They literally just get up and deal with the day. Because I wonder the same thing. But most anyone that you can talk to or see that has a smile on their face or that has some sort of actual courage going on usually they have some sort of background that has given them eternal hope also it's 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 almost uh, almost predictable the ones that you don't that you see you literally are hopeless they literally are hopeless and and a lot of them don't last and i i think of different ones who like we were talking about have face extremes or face tragedies or face difficulties that they have to get through. Not very many of them literally do last through a lot of stress unless they have, to me, tapped into the spiritual um, depth of knowing God or of understanding that they have a higher purpose in Him and and have planted that or found that foundation. Yeah. So. It's fair. I guess. What we're saying is you, you you face these things just like to me, just like you face every other day, knowing where your hope is, and believing that God will literally save you one day from all this uh, what has been the earth and its um rebellious, sinful place.
0: So our answer has and always will be how do you overcome fear the bible tells us that perfect love casts out fear and the only thing that we know that gives us anything that's perfect comes from god every good and perfect gift comes from god and so if we want to know what love is we have to know who love is if we want to know how to overcome fear we have to understand the antidote and um and that's jesus and I yeah you know, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm, I'm excited about the fact that God's given me that. And, and I need to be reminded of it daily. You know, I, I, and I, I, you ask yourself that question as we wrap this up, because we're coming to our, the end of our time. You know, if you were in that mall or in that um, Walmart, would you have run to or from that um, shooter away or to? And, mm-hmm. you know, nobody really knows unless they're in that situation. I'd like to think that because I know that my life is in Jesus's hands that I would run to protect the innocent and um, either take care of whatever was closest to me, taking care of the shooter, getting him out of the way, or covering up one and being willing to take a bullet for the life of that innocent. You know, I'd like to believe that because my hope in Jesus is strong enough that I would make that call rather than just self protect Yeah, me too. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up with that. That seems to be about the time that we've got. Thank you for our fun, off-the-cuff conversation. Have a lovely day, my dear. And everyone else who, who, what, three? Listened a few minutes. Four or five people (laughs) who listened for a few minutes. Bye now.